Where do taxi drivers go when they need to buy a taxi? Well, the Taxi Centre have supplied cars to the trade for over 20 years, and they stock a huge range of motors from the world's leading manufacturers. Skoda, Kia, Toyota, Mercedes, Nissan, Ford, Hyundai, you name it. They've got saloons, MPVs, estates, minibuses, prestige cars, the lot, all under one roof, ready for immediate collection or free delivery anywhere on the mainland UK. With taxi trade exclusive discounts, flexible finance options and no hidden fees. They even throw in registration and 12 months road tax. So if you're a taxi driver who needs a new or used taxi, where would you go? TheTaxiCentre.com. Trade only. The Go Radio Football Show with TheTaxiCentre.com. Your exclusive taxi trade savings are waiting on you. Let's go, go, go. Well, good evening and welcome to the programme. I'm doing a broadcast in the past from Bucharest, from Barcelona. Tonight it's coming from Bordwell. I heard the programme the last couple of nights, Barry and Davey, and I thought, I can't let this COVID keep me out of the action too much longer. I'd be benched for the rest of the season. <laughs> it's going to be, uh, hopefully you hear me loud and clear here from uh, the south side. What a game it's going to be tonight. Both games, 10 games to go. Celtic, 67 points. Rangers in 64. Barry, it could hardly be tighter. Yeah, it's a, a fantastic title race. Um, I said on Monday night, Paul, I don't think there's any margin for error in terms of Rangers. Obviously dropped a, a number of points over the last um, couple of weeks. So they're going up to a place tonight in McDermott Park to play St. Johnson, who are fighting for their lives. I suspect the pitch will not be in, in great condition. So Rangers need to go up there and uh, pick up the three points and bring them back to Ibrox. How are you feeling about it tonight, Barry? About all these games, especially the big two, Celtic, St Mirren and uh, St Johnson against Rangers. I've got a bit of nerves here doing it from home. Are you feeling a wee bit nervous with uh, the finishing light almost in sight? Well, there, there's 10 games to go and if you want to play at the, the biggest and best clubs, i.e. Rangers and, and Celtic, you've got to come under a, a bit of pressure and you've got to be able to handle that pressure. And now... There's a lot of pressure on both teams to continue that, uh, continue winning games of football. And as I said, um, after Rangers dropping two points at home against Muddle, I don't think they can drop any more points, Paul, if they want to retain the league title. Davey Proven, you, like Barry, have been over the course winning titles. Uh, for Rangers, no away, win game, away wins in the league since December. Celtic lost twice against Bodo Glimp. They drew at Easter Road and it was a late goal against Dundee to get the victory. Are the nerves kicking in in both camps? I, I'm not sure, but certainly the forum of, of either side is at best indifferent just now. Um, I mean, early in the, in the season, it looked as if Rangers were, were going to win the league with a bit to spare. I mean, even as recently as the 1st of December, they were seven points clear. So we've seen a, a 10-point swing. A um, couple of weeks ago, after Celtic beat Rangers at Celtic Park, the wise money would have been in Celtic, but... Something's happened to Celtic as well. The momentum and the, you know, they were going like a steam train a few weeks ago. That's gone now. So the, there's a bit of uncertainty in the Celtic camp. As I said the other night on Monday night, I don't think Giovanni van Bronckhorst knows from game to game what he's going to get from his players. One minute they're good enough to beat Dortmund. The next they're surrendering, surrendering a, a two-goal lead against Motherwell. So I think it's all up in the air at the moment. I think both sides will drop points in what remains of the running. And it would take a really brave guy to, to call this. Well, you know the number to call Davy and Barry, 0808 17 17 700 there at uh, Go Radio HQ in the heart of the Gorbals in Glasgow. Uh, some of the other games tonight, 
It's uh, a fascinating card. Obviously, the big two, St. Johnson Rangers at McDermott Park, Celtic St. Mirren in the East End, Hearts Aberdeen, Motherwell against Ross County, Dundee at the bottom against Hebs, Livy against Dundee United, and Davy your old club Kilmarnock up against Wraith Rovers in the uh, SPFL Trust Cup semi-final. Some of the headlines today, well, for Rangers, we know that Aaron Ramsey is missing again. We'll speak with Barry and Davy about that in a moment or two. Bit of controversy about Celtic and Rangers playing down under in Sydney, a city you know well, Davy. You played there for a short time, the Sydney Cup. I would have thought people abroad would be delighted for the first time ever the old firm, the Glasgow Derby, whatever you want to call it, is going to happen out with these shores. But I believe there's controversy by some supporters on both sides not happy that they're going to be playing in November, from November the 16th, uh, in Sydney. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not sure about this at all, Paul. The, the one thing that strikes me, have the SFA signed this off? Uh, or has somebody yeah. jumped the gun here? I mean, I, I think we're all assuming that the old firm you know, can go out and play a game in Australia. I'm not sure they can move the SFA's blessing. And I, I haven't seen any quotes at all from anyone at Hamden who, who is prepared to, to, to back this. I mean, look, anything, any commercial exercise like this has to be a good thing for the clubs in terms of, of earning money. And I can tell you there is such interest in Australia um, in both clubs. I've no doubt it would be a huge commercial success, but... I think there are one or two hoops they're going to have to jump through, first of all, to get permission to play in the first place. Good point there. Is there official SFA uh, approval on this? We'll find out. Barry playing uh, in Australia. People will love to see them there in the sunshine in November. Early summertime down there. Yeah, th listen, there's, there's no doubt, Paul, um, there's a massive falling in both Rangers and, and Celtic and commercially and financially. It, it probably makes sense for both of them to go over there. Um, I read an article in uh, one of the newspapers today saying it was um, they're getting uh, the sort of money that they would get for winning the Premier League here. So I think the winner of the Premier League gets something like £3 million. Yeah. So obviously financially it's good for both clubs um, but I'm not too sure about both of them going over um, in November to play this game. But we just need to wait and see. David makes a good point. Has it been cleared by the SPFL or the SFA? We just need to wait and see. Um, but I can understand both clubs financially, but and the, the flip side of that, I don't think it's great when the World Cup's just, start, uh, just about to start um, at that stage when they're going to be playing this game. I think you'll, I, need, I, I could, you'll I could, need all your tellies on there, Barry. You've got what, four or five in the big room. Davy, sorry, I jumped in. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I've cast my mind back a couple of seasons, uh, Paul, when um, Richard Scudamore was running the Premier League in England and they, they tried to introduce... Um, was it fixture 39? Yeah, that's right. And they were going to play it at various venues uh, had been um, put forward as as a place to host uh, the, the, the game and, and, and it fell through and I think there was opposition from the FA amongst many. Mm -hmm. So, I, I, I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm behind the curve here, maybe they have got Hamden's blessing for this game but certainly nobody at Hamden has been prepared to comment on it. All right, what do the listeners think to go radio? Give us a call, 0808 17 17 700. Ange Postacoglu was speaking about it yesterday and how excited he is to go back to his homeland down under. Yeah, super excited. I mean, I, you know, I think I've been at pains to say that you know, this football club is... Uh uh, there's a pretty strong connection with Australia and aside from me it's always had you know whether through 
players who have played here or just historically has, has always been a club that's well supported. Uh, you know, I experienced that myself uh, growing up in, in Australia, that uh, the club has a strong affinity over there. And uh, so for me to go back there as, uh, as, as manager um, will be a special moment for me, for sure. Will they go there as the defending champions or will it be two years in a row for Rangers? You're going to find out here on Go. Ten games to go. Barry, it's hard to believe, isn't it? Suddenly, I mean, what happened? The season went so quickly. That's 28 games to go, just the 10 countdown. And it is going to be about the nerves. I heard you and Davey on Monday night. Um, you were talking about VAR. It's been mentioned a lot recently. And I know there's been a VAR day today at Hamden. And Joe Henry was there. We're going to hear from Joe in a little while with John Beaton. But it looks as though it is going to come. We know it's going to be more expensive than we thought. But it's a question of, uh, it's, it's, you know, it's not going to be if, it's when it's going to arrive. And possibly later this year for the start of 2023. Yeah, that, that, that's the worry, Paul. I was hopefully expecting it to be at the start of the season. Um, but we had Hugh Dallas on last week. Yeah. And he says it takes six, or even more than six months um, to get the, the referees trained up in it. So... As you mentioned there, the start of 2023, it would probably be the, the start of 2023 season, um, which is, for me, I, I'm seeing every single week I'm watching football, I'm seeing more and more mistakes by the referees, but listen, they're only human and they need to get it in and we need to get it in um, as a league as quickly as possible. Um, but unfortunately, it doesn't look if it's going to be for the start of um, next season. No, David, the referees are training on the, at the moment and apparently they're ahead of schedule. But how would you feel if, if it comes in mid-season, say after the, the World Cup break in November? It, it wouldn't bother me at all, Paul. The sooner we get it in, the better. Um, because every week we don't have it. You know, it's just another referee being hung out to dry and being slaughtered in the media for making a, an honest mistake. So the, the sooner we get it in, um, the, the better. Listen it. It, it's not perfect and you're still going to have occasions. There was one in England with the handball from Rodrigo um, in the Everton Man City game, yeah. which I think most of us thought was a shocking decision. Um, and you're still going to get the odd one, but for the most part, I think it's going to take the heat off referees that, who do make mistakes every week. Um, and it, it will give them an easier time. It will... Spare them the, the, the nonsense and the vitriol they get when they've made a mistake that has influenced the outcome of a game. So we're going to hear from John Beaton shortly and his view and how it is progressing at the moment. It's the Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre. Paul Cooney on location. Davy Proven, Barry Ferguson in the studio. <laughs> how how is Bottle now? Towers, Paul? Uh, I, I can't, wait, I can't, wait, let me just check do, the ground. Do you know what? I can't believe you've got a studio inside your house. That's unbelievable. <laughs> I'm actually in your house, but you don't realise it's so big. I'm somewhere in the Ferguson estate in Lanarkshire at the moment. Uh, I'll tell you, we're looking forward to tonight. Celtics and Mirren, St. Johnson Rangers, Dundee against Hebs, Hearts Aberdeen, Livingston against Dundee United and Motherwell against Ross County. And guys, you'll give us a shout when the team news comes in in the next hour or so. I see Barry's got a new haircut there. I just see that online. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> there it is, looking sharp. Davey and I have got no comment to make. Yeah, there's a lot of chat about haircuts the other night with uh, Mark Guidi. We'll have to do something about him on the programme. And last night with um, Stephen Cragen and John Hartson, he got their predictions. And John Hartson now says he thinks Celtic will win the league. And so did Stephen Cragen. He pushed Stephen on it and he thinks it's now going to be Celtic. Listen, it doesn't matter what we all think. It's going to happen over the next few months. It's going to be what's going to be on the pitch. Uh, so we'll give you team news very shortly on those games. 
Aaron Ramsey. So GVB has been speaking because a month ago, just over a month ago, we were saying, here he is, a fantastic player on loan from Juve, the Arsenal star of the past, still only, what, 31 years old, but we've hardly seen him because of injury. So GVB was speaking about his on loan star. I don't have a clear timeline. Uh, hopefully he will. Uh, he can join the, the team uh, very soon. He's already uh, working on, on the pitch again. So hopefully uh, in, the, in the near future, we can welcome him back in the squad. Of course, we wanted Aaron to be involved more than he is now. You know, the most imp- disappointed is, is Aaron himself. You know, it's football. Almost never get the ideal scenario as a coach. You always have things that will happen every week. Barry, what are you thinking now? I know your mind will be on the Rangers team for tonight, but it's been a huge disappointment, hasn't it? It's not the guy's fault. He's been desperate. He did well down at Annan, but he's just not got the fitness. Does this often happen to get regular games when you've been out for, what, three, four months to get that momentum? It it does normally happen, Paul, when you've been out a a lengthy time. You do tend to get niggles. Um, Obviously, that's what's happened to Aaron Ramsey at this moment in time. I think when he signed in deadline day, I think... Everybody was excited, um, the Rangers fans especially, obviously. And I think now they're beginning to get a bit frustrated because um, a guy of that quality, you want to see on the pitch. Now, we've only seen him on the pitch, I mean, 15 minutes against Hearts, 15 minutes against Hibs. He played 60, as you just mentioned, down in Annan. But we, we fully expected to see more of him. Um, and I just hope over the coming um, week to 10 days, he gets through this initial niggly injury and we start to see him on a pitch because I do believe that he can be an influential player, Paul. Um, but listen, I'm sure Aaron Ramsey is as frustrated as, as anybody. He wanted to come over here and, and show that he, he's um, he's still got the, the legs to go and play um, football. Um, but look, over the course, if you look over the last year, he's not played... Um, that much football that's the reason why Juventus uh, have loaned them out um, so as I said that is, I'm seeing a lot of, and reading a lot of things for Rangers fans I think it's more frustration than anything else because let's be honest he's a top quality player but we just want to see him on the pitch now and tonight, David Diallo also missing for Rangers, you know, the Man United uh, loanee. Stephen Davis also tonight, Ryan Jack and Hollander as well. Rangers have had a run of injuries that we've not seen for some time for them. Yeah, they, I mean, they, they do, but Rangers have got a pretty good squad, uh, Paul. I mean, sure. Stephen Gerrard put together uh, a squad that almost allowed them to have two players for, for every position. So, you know, injuries are going to be part of the, of the, of the run-in. In terms of Ramsey... At the moment, and this is with the benefit of hindsight, it now looks like a, a costly mistake that Rangers have made. But at the time, I, I don't know any Rangers supporters who were who were criticising the, the signing of Ramsey. It looked a very good bit of business at the time, uh, albeit he hadn't played a lot of football. And I'll tell you what, if Ange Postecoglou had been offered Aaron Ramsey, he would have taken him at the time. You reckon? Yeah, of course he would. Yeah, you, you, you've got to take a player of that quality, Dave, even if he hadn't played that much football. Um, as a gamble because he's not played that much football but as you said Paul he's only 31 years of age you look at the level that he's played that top international footballer he's won trophies with Arsenal he's went over to Serie A and won the Serie A uh, with, with Juventus so you, you've got to take the chance to sign Aaron Ramsey um, and that's the gamble you take because he's not played a lot of football and as I said to you when you, you've not played a lot of football you tend to pick up niggly injuries and I think now you're seeing the Rangers fans 
have their say on it. I just think it's more frustration than anything else because you want to see Davy a player of that quality. Certainly, no, I'm not just talking about Rangers, but come up to a league and yeah, play in your but, league. But I go back to Roy Keane when he came at Celtic. Mm-hmm. Similar situation. You know, Gordon Strachan was the manager. It was suggested at the time, and there might have been something in this, that it was Dermot Desmond that signed Roy Keane. He wanted Roy Keane. But I'll tell you what, Gordon Strachan must have been delighted to have him in the dressing room. Now, Roy Keane was past his best at that time. But for a player of that stature to walk into the dressing room and the effect mm. it would have in the dressing room, and I think I think um, Rangers at the time would have been thinking, well, Aaron Ramsey walking into that dressing room is going to give everyone a lift. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know about you, but certainly in my time when a, when a, a top player was signed, give you a lift. Well, I had it at Rangers, David, when we signed Ronald De Boer from Barcelona. Um, when he came in, he came in, he, he, he was never 100% fit. He yeah. had a, obviously a knee problem, but he did play a number of games. But when a player of that calibre walks through the dressing room, you stand up and take notice. Mm. And uh, listen, it, it raises a bar for me when players of that quality um, come in. So it is disappointing that he's... He's not played as much football as as I wanted to see, but you heard Giovanni saying there that now he's back on the training pitch and hopefully he's available for selection at the weekend. So Barry, you're saying he could he could yet become you know a star for Rangers in the closing weeks of the season. It could happen with the talent that he's got because everyone the media loved it. The fact he was another huge international star. I mean, David, you commentated on him so many times when he was at Arsenal. It was brilliant to see him in Scottish football. So we'll see what happened. Um, Mentioned the De Boer brothers, which you did there, Barry. They were in town last night at the Chris Boyd night. And Graeme Souness as well. Uh, Jim White was presenting. Were you there, Barry? Did you go along to the Armadillo last night? No, I'm actually going to a dinner tomorrow with Graeme Souness, <coughs> Dick Advocat and Alec McLeish. Um, I'm at managers, a table. Yeah. Yep, three managers that I, I played under. So I'm looking forward to hearing some of the stories. And I did see, obviously... Sunis and, and Boyd and obviously Ronald and, and Frank um, at the Armadillo last night. Um, so yeah. listen, I played with, with, with Boyd, I, I, I played under Graham Sunis uh, and I played obviously with, with, with Ronald De Boer and to be honest with you, when we signed Ronald De Boer it was the same sort of time when John Hartson failed his medical yeah. at Rangers. We brought Ronald in um, and Ronald was never 100% fit but what a footballer. Mm-hmm. What yeah. a footballer he was, and I, I loved um, playing beside him. Well, I never realised why he played under yeah. uh, Sue. That's how Dick Advocat gave you your debut. No, I, at Blackburn. Blackburn. Ah, of course, yeah. Yeah, he went down the road, Davy. Forgive to Blackburn, me. Of course, remember, uh, remember uh, Graham Souness coming up for the in the UEFA Cup year with Celtic and came to play. Uh, at Celtic. I'm not that old, David. David. <laughs> <laughs> David, he does this all the time. And Jim White last night apparently said to Chris Boyd, and Chris, you'll remember that. He says, I was three at the time. You know, do your homework. Apparently he had a great line. He said, Jim, you need to do better homework. It's not like talk sport. And Jim is listening. So uh, great respect for Jim and the talk sport team. So enjoy that tomorrow night, Barry. We'll maybe hear more shortly. Um, Martin O'Neill, I heard you saying as well, was 70 the other day. And Davey, what, uh, what a difference he made to your old football club when he arrived here in, what, two yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I always, I've always maintained that, that a club of Celtic side should measure themselves in, in European football, not so much domestic football. And the, the team that the Martin put together, and listen, uh, he had great backing from the, the board of directors in terms of the money he was allowed to spend, but the team he put together, I, I think, has to be the best Celtic side since the, the, the Lisbon Lions. And the, the whole thing about 
you know, getting to to Seville, it was it was a wonderful story, and I think it's something that a lot of Celtic supporters will never forget. You know, a lot of the Celtic fans are, are, are too young to remember Lisbon; they only see it in grainy footage. But Seville, in terms of the modern day, it was a huge highlight, and, and Celtic have Martin O'Neill to thank for that. Can I just say, David, like regards to Martin O'Neill's team, physically they were a strong, strong team, but also yeah. they were a good football team. I don't think you get enough credit for that. Yeah. You just look at some of the players that you had and I played against his team and one thing when you were standing in, in that tunnel beside them, they were a team of giants. Yeah. Giants. Um, but listen, I've got the utmost respect for Martin O'Neill. I, I thought he was he was brilliant for the game up here. It was yeah. brilliant between him and, and Dick Advocate. And he's got huge respect for you, as we heard here in Go Radio, despite the fact that you chucked the ice bucket at him. Yeah, I, that, was, um, that was just immaturity. <laughs> no, it was great banter the way he spoke. Uh, Mr. Ferguson, he called you on the programme. We're going to have to take a break. We're going to take your calls 0808 17 17 700. Barry Ferguson, Davy Proven on the Go Radio Football Show. The Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre. Save on your new taxi with exclusive discounts across Skoda, Toyota, Ford, Seat, and more. Let's go, go, go. Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre. Paul Cooney on location, coming back from uh, COVID. It's affected just about everyone. Thank goodness for the vaccine that's been rolled out right across the country. And well done to everyone who's looked after people over the last couple of years. Absolutely fine here, but doing it from the house. But in the studio, getting ready for the big matches tonight. But then we've got uh, legends, Barry Ferguson and Davy Province. Some other the other headlines today, Kevin Nisbet out for the rest of the season. Who will fill the third striker role for Scotland? Jeremy Frimpong, remember young Jeremy, who of course went to Leverkusen for what, 12, 13 million? Um, he could be on his way to Bayern Munich, a 25 million pounds bid being lined up apparently. And we're going to hear from John Beaton in the next section, the, one of the top referees saying that VAR is not a luxury, it's a necessity for Scottish football. But one of the other big talking points I heard at break last night is the Sydney Cup. It looks to be coming. It's yet to be confirmed by the SFA, but Celtic will be going down under in November. We think Rangers are going too, and there'll be uh, two other clubs. Sydney will be playing, and Western Sydney Wanderers as well. So four clubs in total. Um, we've been asking what you think of it. It's the first time ever they've gone abroad to play. And on the line, Graham is uh, a Rangers fan from Belfast. Good evening, Graham. Hello, Paul. How are you doing? Uh, um, I've been better. Uh, I wish I was looking forward to the game tonight yeah. and a crucial three points for Rangers, uh, but that's been overshadowed uh, by the news that came through yesterday and and it has been confirmed today uh, by the club. Yeah. Well, it's overshadowed the fact that you're going for the £40 million title. Today, what's, absolutely. What, yes. Yeah. What's it concerning has. you about this, about playing in Australia against Celtic? It's not just a matter of playing in Australia uh, against Celtic. Uh, but I'll get on to that in a second. Uh, this Saturday, the club will celebrate its 150th anniversary, a landmark occasion that has been months, if not years, in the making. Uh, but yet this week, uh, it has been overshadowed. Uh, you know, co conveniently for some... You know, it was leaked yesterday, uh, whilst there was other things going on in the news in terms of legal action, you know, but that's for others to, to deal with. This is what Rangers have got involved with. Uh, they have severely underestimated the strength of feeling from the support. You know, A, 
uh, about you know getting into bed with Celtic uh, for for such an event, uh, taking an important game, taking our derby uh, overseas. Mm-hmm. You know this is English Premier League stuff. This is the Disneyfication of, of the old firm and of Scottish football. Uh, Scottish football is different. Uh, yes, we need to make money. Uh, yes, revenue needs to be grown, uh, but the old farm game is the unique selling point of Scottish football because of the passion, because of the animosity between fans. You can't just lift it and have a fake old farm game in Australia to make but why, money. But, but Graham, why well, not? If, if, if it's £3 million or whatever, it's a huge amount. You know, you mentioned about the... I mean, nothing beats the, the old firm playing uh, in the league or in the cup. So it, it's a... You can't call it a friendly, can you? We wouldn't call it that, but it's a, a challenge game. Um, we need nah. money in, in, the, in the clubs if they're to compete with um, you know, the, the bigger clubs well, in England, even the championship clubs. Well, we do need money to an extent, but we've seen this week, even UEFA have said no to Gazprom. Uh, Davy said at the start of the show, any commercial exercise has to be good. No, it doesn't. I mean, where does it stop? If Red Bull come in tomorrow, want to change the name of the club, uh, is James Bisgrove and Stuart Robertson going to open the door? You know, there has to be a point where we say no, uh, we're not doing this. It's not what the fans want. There will be a backlash tonight at the game, Paul, and that will, will continue over the next few weeks. So I can hear how passionate you are about it. Sorry, but Gazprom yeah. is obviously uh, Russian, and quite properly, then that's not happening at the moment. The, the UEFA have dropped that sponsorship. I, I don't get Absolutely. the connection. I don't get the connection, no. Graham, with, with Australia. Not to, be flippant, not to be flippant about much more serious things that are happening in the world at the moment. Yeah. But my point stands in terms of, of Rangers, uh, you know, it, it's been one commercial thing after another. Uh, yes, we are still playing catch up with Celtic in terms of the money, you know, but when, when's enough enough? Uh, this season, you know, we've had five kits from Castor. You know, there's season tickets, majors, away travel, uh, Edmiston House packages. Uh, there has to be a point where enough's enough. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, uh, James Bisgrove gave an interview on the club's media channels and also did an interview this afternoon with Heart and Hand, a partner of the club. They said they're disappointed with the scale of the reaction. Uh, effectively, to an extent, they never expected it. But it's been brought round to needing needing to bring money in to compete on the pitch. I'm sorry, but this is a PR disaster, and they okay. really don't understand the depth of feeling. Graham, Graham, does it does it come down to the way the whole thing has been presented? Uh, is there a feeling that, that Celtic have stolen a march here by presenting it as some kind of homecoming for Ange Postacoglu? Well, Davey, that, that, that's an issue, but it's just almost a byproduct. One-upmanship is part of rivalry, so I'm not, I'm not, that, that's not a thing in itself. You know, let's go back to Celtics AGM. Brian Wilson on stage had to apologise for his description of, of, of the club in Walter Smith's obituary. The, the yep. feeling between the fans and between the clubs at the moment is quite poor, and for Rangers to think that the fans aren't going to mind, basically, you know, assisting uh, what is being marketed by the A-League today as Ange's homecoming. You know, we're, we're basically riding the sidecar going to Australia. Yes, we do have an expat community in Australia. There will A be big mixed one. feelings yeah. with those yeah. fans. Yes, yeah. but, you know, overall, 
£1,000. But what about in the long term? Already today, people are talking about, you know, uh, maybe withholding money in some ways and really holding the board's feet to the fire. All right, Graham. Yeah, I, I can they, hear they, your passion. They, we can hear how you feel about it. Barry, it's, um, it's obviously well, a hornet's nest here yeah, for, for well, what I want to say yeah. is like, the reason why like, um, Douglas Park brought James Bisgrove in was to bring sponsorship in um, and bring um, money into the into the club. Now, I can understand maybe the old firm game in Scotland is unique, but taking it away, maybe they think it's a possibility to give fans who can't get to the kind of old firm games, obviously, in Australia to showcase their, their talents in Australia. But I can understand both sides. And I've read James Bisgrove's quotes. He says it was a financial no-brainer. Um, and if Rangers want to try and compete, they need to bring money in. It just can't keep coming from the wallets of, of Douglas Park and the, the fellow directors. Um, but I get Graham's point as well. I totally understand it. Um, but also understand the reason why Bisgrove was brought in. Because he has brought over the piece, Paul, if I'm being honest, a lot of money into the club in terms of sponsorship. Yeah, and they'll not be the only club with uh, four or five strips in a season. And we know it, David, that's a reality of the, the commercial world. And they're trying to compete with the big, you know, we always say that, they're huge. In fact, both of you say it's probably the biggest mm. derby in the world. Um, and we expect so much from them, but we're playing in a league where the winners get three million. And in England, David, how much it's, uh, teams being relegated can get 100 million. Yeah, and I know, and you know, Graham made the point. Graham reckons the the fans don't want it. Well, maybe the fans in Glasgow and Belfast don't want it. But I'll tell you what, the fans in Melbourne and Sydney and Adelaide and Brisbane would want it. And you know, the old firm don't belong to 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 just supporters in Scotland and Ireland. There's a huge old firm support throughout the the, the, the world. And I've sampled it myself. I've played in Sydney. I've seen the the numbers out there. The people who 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 in my case it was it was Celtic obviously who who loved the club and would love to have the chance to see an old firm game in the flesh. And I think when you get the benefit of they're talking about three million pounds, where the hell's the harm in it? If if the two clubs can go over there, play a game um and come back and with with three million quid each, where is the harm? Graham, thanks for calling in. 0808 17 17 700. The Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre. Leanne Crichton is tuned in. Yep, Leanne, we're doing it here from On Location for me. And Barry and Davey are in the studio. Uh, Celtics and Mern coming up tonight. St. Johnson against Rangers. And also Hearts Aberdeen, Motherwell against Ross County. Dundee Hibs and Levy Dundee United. Davey, you love these days when uh, all the games are on, all 12 teams. Yeah, and it also, Paul, it looks as if we're going to have a proper run-in, yeah. um, which, which makes any title race. You know, I think too often, certainly over the last decade or so, uh, even when Ronnie Dyla was Celtic manager, they were winning the league. The league was done by the time the clocks had changed. You know, to, to sell our product, we need a proper title race most seasons. And thankfully, although earlier in the season it looked as if Rangers were going to skate it, thankfully, it's game on. And it's, it's when the old firm go head-to-head, -head, that's when sponsors and investors sit up and take notice. Barry, that's all right for him to say thankfully, the ex-Celtic star. Um, I'm looking at the fixtures coming up and the maximum points. So Rangers' maximum points are 94 points. So Celtic, 
if they get to 95, Celtic could get to 97 points. It's so tight, and GVB was speaking about that after the weekend. I think most people couldn't believe, Barry. I'm not going to go on about the weekend. It's mm -hmm. now happened for both of them. Hibs Celtic, powder puff, weren't they? You know, Celtic, not that many chances on target for the possession they had. And then Rangers, two up, and everyone thought, that's it, game over. I just wonder if they'll reset tonight. Well, uh, they need to, Paul. On. Yeah. Paul, they need to reset. Look, I, I watched both games... Uh, Certainly, I'm, I'm talking about Rangers here. First half, me and Davey spoke about it on Monday night. Rangers were, were brilliant in the first half. Yeah. It, it was, um, well, they were lucky to get in 2-0 down, but fair play to Graham Alexander. He made three substitutions. But it, it, this is what the, the problem I've, I've got with Rangers. You, you can't just turn up in the first half and, and fail to turn up in the second half. If you want to win league titles, you need to see games like that out. Even if you're not playing at your best in the second half, see it out. So it was really disappointing to see in the second half. But now, as I said, Paul, and I'll stick by my words, Rangers can't drop any more points now. Mm -hmm. They need to believe that Celtic, up until the next whole firm game at Ibrox, and I think it's the 2nd or 3rd April, yep. that Celtic are going to win every single game up until that whole firm game. So Rangers need to go in with the mindset as they need to make sure they win every game up until the next whole firm game. And that's, that's the, the attitude you've got to have. Uh, and I, I just honestly believe that Rangers can't drop any more points. We'll talk Celtic in a moment or two. Who's going to play for them up front tonight? But for Rangers, here's the manager. He says, yep, we're ready to fight for this title. Never easy, you know, to, uh, to win games in this league. We have seen that uh, already uh, this season. We just have to continue. And, and uh, after 38 games, you know, the, the one who's on top, you know, is the is the champions, and it's as simple as that. But we still have ten games to go, and uh, you know, we are there uh, for the fight, and uh, we have to continue. Davy, who'd be a manager? Okay, maybe for the million or two million a year, whatever it is. But uh, they must be scratching his head after that on Sunday, because I know many people thought, well, that's it, two up at halftime, yeah. game done. But you can never tell, can you? Well. <laughs> You know, I think the big plus for Rangers ahead of this run-in, Paul, is that the, the two best players, Morelos and Kent, are back on for him. Um, I, I think both of them had gone missing earlier in the season. But you can't, you can't keep pointing at, at the same players, Kent, Morelos, Aribo. They're the guys that are under the microscope all the time, but the others have to step up with the plate as well. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I think too often, you know, I, I think some of the, the Rangers players thing oh just give the ball to Kent give the ball to Morelos they'll get us out of jail here they've, they've got to accept responsibility themselves the, the, the three I've just mentioned they're going to have off days and that, that's when the others have to, to play their part you mentioned the word there Davey now it's all about taking responsibility 10 games to go now you need to stand up and, and be counted and see tonight Paul you're going up to a, a team who are scrapping for their lives yeah. to stay in this league um, I'm looking outside it looks if it's a, a, a bit uh, the weather's no great I spoke to Martin Monday night he says the pitch ain't in great condition this is roll your sleeves up the night mm -hmm. this is making sure I don't care how we play you come away with three points and that's their attitude that's got to be their attitude every single game now because brilliant against Dortmund absolute brilliant but yeah. the last few league games has not been good enough yeah. Pitodre Ross County Dundee United mm -hmm. and certainly at home um, dropping the amount of points um, and you can hear it in Giovanni yeah. he's frustrated and I would be frustrated and the Rangers fans are frustrated because we know when they're playing at the top of the game they're a right good football team but it's all about consistency 
Well, we'll bring you the team news soon. Second top Rangers against second bottom St. Johnson. Quick break and then we're back and we're going to hear John Beaton speaking about VAR. The Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre. Save on your new taxi with exclusive discounts across Skoda, Toyota, Ford, Seat and more. Let's go, go, go. Thanks to Nancy for the traffic and travel getting you home tonight. The rain is on. There'll be thousands in the car shortly heading for Celtic up against St Mirren and also going to the other games as well. The Rangers fans will be on their way to Perth for the match at St Johnson. Hearts Aberdeen, Motherwell against Ross County. Should be a good crowd there at Fair Park. Dundee against Hibs and Livy against Dundee United. And what form Livy are on uh, in recent weeks. An amazing run. OK, tonight Celtic St Mirren, Davy. Who's going to be up front? G. Kamakis. It's not certain whether or not he'll be fit for, yeah. for Celtic. And, of course, no sign of uh, Kyogo. I think if, if Gio Kamakis is, is fit, he starts. If, if, he's, if he's not fit, then I, I think it's Maeda again. And I, I don't think Maeda, I said it the other night in the programme, I don't think he's a, an out-and-out centre-forward. Um, but, you know, he, he was a top scorer in the J-League last season, so... Yeah, I would certainly have him ahead of, of anyone else, including Ayeti, for sure. Do you think his confidence has maybe gone a bit? He, he had an amazing start, didn't he, scoring in the opening yeah. minutes? Yeah. No, I'm, 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 I'm not sure, Paul. I mean, he, he looks a confident boy. Um, and I'll tell you one thing, he puts himself about. You, mm. you could never accuse him of, of not putting in the shift. And and this is maybe a, a night tonight for him uh, against the St Mern's side that aren't in very good nick at the moment. Um, a chance for him to to boost his numbers, I think, uh, if if he plays Maeda. And Barry, I see one of the headlines tonight is that uh, Ryan Christie said he almost had second thoughts about leaving Celtic in the summer. The season had started, as you know. Do you think it was when he heard Davy Province criticism? Of him? <laughs> why, why go to Bournemouth? I mean, he fell out with his dad over it. But apparently Ryan Christie said, playing under Ange Postacoglu, I thought, well, this is different. Yeah, but look, I, I've always liked Ryan Christie. See, to be honest with you, I, I think he's a, a very good footballer. And look... Financially, he, that's the reason why he's he's went down to, to Bournemouth. Look, Bournemouth, I've got a chance he can back into Premier League. Um, he might throw it down Davy's throat. We we can down. He might be playing in the Premier League. Um, he's wasted a season of his life. Yeah, look, uh, getting for, there. For that me, was I, my point. I look at both Celtic, Bournemouth. There's no comparison. Yeah, Celtic chance to Would win you? trophies. That's where yeah, but listen, he made the decision to get down there. And he might be playing Premier League football because see, to be honest with you, Paul, I do think he can play in the Premier League. Certainly got the ability, Ryan Christie, no doubt about that. And so does Davy. But the weather's better down there, Davy, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I but mean, I mean, uh, listen, I, I had um, yeah. I had Richard Hughes, um, who's on their board. I had him on the yes. phone to me as well. Um, <laughs> not happy about me describing Bournemouth as a village green uh, club, <laughs> but I, I was just trying to draw comparison between Celtic you know Celtic Park and the Vitality which let's just say it's, it's a very modest uh, ground I'll leave it at that <laughs> What about Celtic tonight uh, Barry what are you feeling we'll get the team news I think just after six we'll have the, the lineups from most of the games what are you thinking for Celtic uh, against St Mirren they haven't been firing in all cylinders in the last couple of weeks do you think they'll be back on it tonight they'll have to be yeah, well, it was very unlike them, to be honest with you, Paul. Watched the game at Easter Road. I just looked, I just thought, sorry, Celtic looked very flat. Um, no energy about them. And one of the things you you would say about Postacoglu's Celtic team is they, they come out the traps and they're, they're everywhere on the pitch. Um, so, no, I, I fully expect them to, um, 
run over the top of something if I'm being honest with you Celtic at home I think the fans will be there demanding that they do and they need to get back to to, to winning ways so I can't see anything other than a, a Celtic win and a Celtic win convincingly because we ended up at the weekend talking about VAR again uh, Barry it's not just you Barry but you know Rangers fans were really unhappy with some of the decisions and we said it I heard you on Monday night who would be a referee well John Beaton he was on duty at Hamden today there was a bit of a VAR day so the media were invited along and our own Joe Henry was there and she spoke to the referee and he did stress he said look it's not a luxury VAR is a necessity yeah, I mean, I think anybody who's made a mistake in any walk of life uh, will understand that it can play in your mind, uh, particularly when you're on the field, uh, and particularly when you have 11 players and, and maybe 50,000 fans who think that you've made a mistake as well. So having that check, having that wee bit of information coming through uh, on your earpiece just to let you know that the decision is correct, or the flip side of that to tell you that it's wrong and you need to go and change it, that has a massive impact on the dynamic of the match, uh, and I think it's just really, really important that it becomes part of the, the game in Scotland. And obviously in terms of you know, being a referee and what that carries week to week, I would imagine those decisions, if you do get them wrong, they, they do weigh on your mind as well. Yeah, absolutely. Again, it's just human nature. Uh, if you make a mistake, uh, you analyse it and you, you wonder where it's went wrong and uh, inevitably you'll make another. Uh, and, and sometimes it can snowball like that. So to come off a match and know that at least the, 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 even if you do make a mistake, it has been corrected. Uh, and it's not affected the outcome of the match and that's critical we don't want to be the talking point uh, on radio shows we don't want to be uh, the, the analysis and TV packages we want people to be talking about the game and hopefully with the introduction of VAR it maybe takes away a wee bit of the focus on referee decisions Taking the focus away from refereeing decisions well we know it can continue but it would take a lot of it away Barry wouldn't it because up to 90 odd percent I think um, it takes the doubt out of the you know the crucial moments that are difficult to call are we going to get it? Well, we need to get it, Paul. Mm. Plain and simple. You hear John Beaton speak there, uh, and they're absolute. I think if you ask any referee, Premier League referee up in Scotland, um, 100% they're, they're desperate to get it in. And he makes good points here. They don't want to be the talking point in, in Go Radio or on TV because um, they are going to make mistakes. They're only human, but they need the help of our Paul. And we need to get it as quickly as possible. The only worry for me is. You're saying the start of 2023. Um, I was hoping for the, the start of this season, but listen, at least they're in training. Um, they're starting to do the things to get it in place. But I just hope it comes sooner rather than later. And David, you've been calling for sponsorship. I mean, I think Neil Doncaster will come out soon and speak about the plan. Is it around £125,000 per club? And I know that maybe, maybe it could be tapered uh, so that the clubs at the top or in Europe might pay more or whatever I mean mm. ultimately each club would have to pay it but these are all we're going backward aren't we David we're, we're not going to be well anything like an elite league yeah, if we I don't mean, have VAR the, the 125,000 Paul is that is that after the SFA who have agreed to underwrite one third of the cost is, is that so, yeah. is yes. it still going to be 125,000 per club I believe so Yeah. well I've, I've got to say I, that doesn't sound an awful lot of money um, given a wage bill of some of the clubs, um, £125,000. And, you know, the bottom line is that we'll have to find the money from somewhere. Um, ideally, a sponsor would come in um, and, and put the money up. Um, I see Simon Jordan was suggesting that whichever team won the, the title this season and had automatic yeah. entry into the Champions League should put the money up. Well, good luck, good luck with that. Good luck going to Ibrox or Celtic Park and ask them to, for £1.2 
they're going to play in the Sydney Sydney Cup. They're getting well, three million pounds talking. each. There, there we've solved the, solved the problem. You take the money out of the Sydney Cup. <laughs> Actually, guy, that could be a good PR exercise to take some of the money out of it. I mean, I can imagine the the uh, the people who look after the money at Celtic and Rangers will be saying no chance. Well, will they? Maybe it's a PR thing because you could hear earlier on, Davy, that this is a hornet's nest for both clubs in different ways. Um, you know, the Rangers fans not happy. We had one of them earlier on, and I believe some Celtic fans not happy that it's going to be you know an old firm derby or Glasgow derby uh, in Australia. They they don't want it. But the reality is. The clubs have got huge bills and, and, and they need the yeah, money and, to attract and, top talent. And, and you know, you, you look at the top English clubs, you know, where, where, where do they go in the close season if there's not a World Cup or a, a Eurozone? They, they head for the, the Far East. That's Which, where they sell most of their replica shirts. They, they go there to, to promote the club. So, you know, I think we're too parochial here at times. Um, and as I said earlier, the, old, the, the two Glasgow, two big Glasgow clubs don't just belong to Glasgow supporters. Or supporters in Belfast, they, they they belong as supporters all over the world who would be delighted to see them. And I'm, I'm surprised the old firm haven't done more of this. And if you think of the market in Canada and South Africa, there, there's a lot of money there for the, the, the two of them to make. A lot of money at stake. £40 million for this title here this year. Celtic St Mirren tonight, St Johnson against Rangers, both of them drawing at the weekend. And we've got Dundee Hibs, Hearts Aberdeen, Livy against Dundee United and Motherwell against Ross County and the Challenge Cup, the semi-final. Your old club, uh, Kilmarnock in action. Our broth I saw drawing last night, yep. Davey, with Partick Thistle. So, I mean, you can only imagine this time of the season, they are part-time. Are they beginning to lose a wee bit of momentum, a bit of steam? Because they're part-timers. Look, looks like it. Um, I don't think they've won in the last seven. They've uh, had a lot of draws. But let, let's be honest, you know, when we were talking back in October, November, yeah. you know, about Dick Campbell being manager of the year, I mean, did any of us actually think they would still be leading the table at this stage? I don't think so. And for them to hang on and make a make a contest of it against a full-time team like Kilmarnock, it, it's nothing short of remarkable. And I, I wouldn't rule them out, you know. You, you know, they're, they're, they've had a bit of a downturn at the moment. Who's to say they won't come back, particularly with Dick Campbell in the dugout? Barry? Yeah, listen, they're one point in front. It's, it's down to, it's between, sorry, Arbroath and Kilmarnock. Yeah. Um, if you'd says to me at the start of the season, would you would you fancy Arbroath to get promoted into the Premier League? I'd say absolutely no chance. And you asked Dick Campbell, his main priority is safety. Um, but to the job that he's done there, the level week in, week out that the players have played at, um, it's testament uh, the how they look after themselves and the way that, that Dick uh, and his coaching staff go about their, their business. And don't write them off. I still think they're in with a, a good shout. The most important thing is they're not getting beat. They're dropping points, but they're still picking up a point. We're obviously getting a few draws. Um, but it's going to, again, I think this one at the top of the championship is going to get right down to the wire. Barry, there's a home delivery arriving here in Buffalo. <laughs> oh, wait, wait a minute, it, it's Asda, it's for me. If it, is it Waitrose? Oh, that's for Ferguson just up the road. <laughs> if it's a Waitrose, it's the fine it's wine, The fine red wines. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's Davy Proven, enjoy them while you can, because, uh, yeah, Davy's going to be your last season doing it, isn't it? Have you actually said that yet, or have I just uh, broken yeah, the story? Yeah, I, th I think yeah. I have, yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. finishing at the end of the, the, the season, yeah. Um, and I, I, listen, I'll miss it hugely. It's, it's been a huge part of my life, obviously. And this, is, this has been great fun joining this uh, radio station. It's been terrific.
But we, we can't keep you. Barry's got some of the, uh, the cash there it could be. Can we keep you <laughs> for next season or no? You're going to go to Sunday uh, Claims. This COVID has certainly affected you, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Ferguson's confined me to... I'm in barracks. I'm, I'm at home. Yeah, David, I mean, we'll, we'll miss you as well, but we'll talk about that later in the season. But yeah, hard to believe this will be your last full season with us. But maybe we'll catch up with you and your view on it because as Barry and I often say, you never know what you're going to say, David. You're always forthright. You call it as you see it. And, uh, Barry, we miss the column as well, don't we, in the, in the sun? <laughs> yeah, listen, I'm not just saying it because Davey's no. here. The thing that I grew up with was, was Davey obviously commentating. Um, I will be honest with you, some of the games he commentated on when I was playing, I was not too sure. <laughs> and, um, but, no, listen, he'll be a, a massive miss to the media. Certainly will be, but more on that later in the season. Uh, who is going to win? 0808 17 17 700. We might take a few more of your calls uh, in the next hour. Well, the team news coming in for the 7.45 kickoffs tonight. Barry, I did want to say as well, last night in your old league in the first division, Queen's Park getting back on winning last night, 2-1 against Peter Head. Yeah, they, they needed to get that win, Paul. Yeah. Um, certainly with the players that they've got there, um, they should be further up the league. Yeah, they've got real good quality there. I've mentioned a number of times, they've got four or five players for me that should be playing um, a league above, if not Premier League um, so that was a result they had to get last night against Peterhead and I'm sure now they'll be making a massive push to try and get into the, the playoffs because I think the league's um, too far away for them We're up for it tonight the big two are in action we'll give you the team news around all the grounds just after the news coming up at six Where do taxi drivers go when they need to buy a taxi? Well, the Taxi Centre have supplied cars to the trade for over 20 years and they stock a huge range of motors from the world's leading manufacturers. Skoda, Kia, Toyota, Mercedes, Nissan, Ford, Hyundai, you name it. They've got saloons, MPVs, estates, minibuses, prestige cars, the lot, all under one roof, ready for immediate collection or free delivery anywhere on the mainland UK. With taxi trade exclusive discounts, flexible finance options and no hidden fees. They even throw in registration and 12 months road tax. So if you're a taxi driver who needs a new or used taxi, where would you go? TheTaxiCentre.com. Trade only. Well, it's Paul Cooney on location tonight. Davy Proven, Barry Ferguson are in the studio. It could hardly be tighter at the top and the bottom of the table. Cinch Premiership, Dundee on 21 points. St. Johnson just two better than them. And then there's that gap to Ross County on 30. Aberdeen on 32. Who would have believed the Dons would have been in that position after these number of games? St. Mirren on 33. Livingston on 34. Motherwell on 35, along with Dundee United and Hibs. And then there's a the gap between them and on 46 points, Hearts. And Rangers second top on 64, Celtic on 67. Team news coming shortly. 08, 08, 17, 17, 700. Let's go back on the lines. Uh, Gordon's on, a Rangers fan. Good evening, Gordon. Hi, guys. How you doing? Good, thanks. How are you feeling about the game tonight? Rangers looking to get back to get these three points at McDermott. I will hopefully... I'm, I'm mostly confident getting into most games, but I mean, at the weekend it shows <laughs> doing nothing up against a, a Millwall team who are only too great and we managed to squander it somehow. Um, and and on that point, actually at half time, I'd, I'd said to my dad, I was like, I'm, I'm overly confident as well. Did you? It, yeah. It, it, it just, it just, it just, I just had got feel because Celtic could drop points, I think if Celtic could win their game, I'd have been fine. I just had it in the back of my head because it's happened all too often after the winter break. Uh, for the past couple of seasons, but uh, I think they t- we need three points tonight, and then 
Uh, the board will need it as well because they're under heavy scrutiny, obviously, as, as you've been speaking about. So yeah, I think it's really important. But, Gordon, see the psychology of that. Why, why? I thought that would spur you on more. You know, you were you were two up. Celtic had dropped points at Easter Road. Talk me through that. I it's just been it's happened all too often. Obviously, uh-huh. two now I can't say I would have thought we would have scored but it's sure. just that kind of that feeling in the back of your head. It's just I'm never comfortable unless we're about three or four months not. I mean, it was the ninety third minute against Dortmund the other night, and I was still hiding behind the couch waiting for the final whistle because I was still <laughs> yeah. can they make yeah. it to the game? And I was sitting, and I was, I still wasn't overly convinced mm-hmm. that it was done. That that's just the way I'm. I, I just get mm-hmm. dead nervous, if you know what I mean, but. Um, I, what I did you make of what Barry said in the first hour when Barry said other players need to take responsibility? It can't all be about you know Morelos or Kent or Aribo. What do you feel? Well, of course, everybody's got to step up. And as Barry says himself, he was a captain of the team at one point. Everybody's got to take responsibility and they've got to stand up. And the weekend, I can blame Alan McGregor for the goals and that as well because he, he's had a few uh, disasters this season. And the, the likes of like your Connor Goldson, he's your vice captain. He, he's got to be better than that. And then you can't really slate Gio for putting John Lundstrom in at centre back because it was working. It's just, it was just a mad day. It's just a mad forty-five minutes how it happened. I'd like to think it wouldn't happen again, but you just never know. I just hope they, I just hope it's fired the team up. I hope it doesn't give them the mentality of worrying that it happens again. I hope it just gives them the mentality we will make sure that will not happen again. Barry, a lot in there. Yeah, a lot in there from Gordon. First of all, about uh, Griegsy, about Alan McGregor. How will be he for, for tonight? I know what you say puts things behind him then, doesn't he? How, what's his mindset for this evening? To go out and produce a, a top-level performance. Um, he'll be disappointed. Look, I, I can count in one hand the the mistakes he's made yeah. over the, the seasons. Um, he's been a, a brilliant goalkeeper. I've heard a few people say, oh, maybe is he going to get dropped? Absolute no chance can you drop Alan McGregor. He is the number one at Rangers. He's the best goalkeeper in Scotland. And I would have no qualms at playing him. I'm sure Gio will be the, the same. And he'll be frustrated, Paul. Sure. But he's the type that he'll win training on Monday morning on that training field. Um, working even harder. He makes sure he, he produces a performance tonight. And don't be surprised um, if he wins Rangers again tonight in terms of his, his saves. Um, but see, going back on in, in Sunday... I know Davey watched it also. I don't know whether Rangers are thinking they're going in in their easy street at half-time because mm-hmm. they were so dominant. But that's the thing. When I'm walking off that pitch and I'm going in the tunnel, as soon as I step inside that dressing room, I'm warning the players straight away. Listen, we've got 45 minutes. We need to produce the same here. Motherwell are going to get... I mean, I would have expected Graham Alexander to go in there and, and have a go, have a pop at his players also make changes which he did he made the three changes it did make a difference to Muddle but you've got to be prepared for that Paul because Muddle couldn't have been any um, any worse than they were in the first half credit to them in the, the second half they, they changed it and they went for them but Rangers have got to be better you're going for a league title you're going to retain the trophy and they, they're the games that you need to see out um, even if Muddle get that goal back in 54-55 minutes you need a response soon as possible and in terms of people saying Rangers may be not ruthless enough in front of goal they also need to be ruthless defending mm-hmm. David is there a better goalkeeper than Alan McGregor in Scotland? 
Well, I think you, you could argue that Alan McGregor is up there with anyone else. Um, I'm off the top of my head. Just trying to think There's through Andrew them all. Clark, yeah. Joe Hart. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, listen, I, I said the other night, Paul, Alan McGregor's guilty of one thing, growing older. Um, yeah. He's getting to a stage where he, he can't go on forever. The mistakes that we're seeing now, you wouldn't have seen 10 years ago. But the question for, for GVB is, is Alan McGregor gone back so much that he should be left out of the team? And, and I would say no, under no circumstances. Mm. You would still want his experience at a time in the season where, you know, it's, it's going to get, hopefully it'll go down to the wire. There's so much pressure on people. You would always take the experience and that would be Alan McGregor. Mm. Uh, also, Paul, yeah, sure. uh, not just about how, how good a goalkeeper he is, it's the presence yeah. inside the dressing room. He's a born winner. I've seen it with my own eyes. I know what he's like um, in training in a five-a-side game. He, he, he's wanting to win everything and he'll be disappointed as anybody but for me, I don't think it would even cross Gio's mind um, to leave him out. He's too good a goalkeeper and he's too big a presence and he's too important to Rangers. Gordon, let's hear from the manager a short clip when he's talking about um, well, what they're going to do with the pressure they needed at the weekend and they need to be more ruthless. I think it's two-sided. First thing is to score more goals with the chances we have. And uh, as you said, we're not having a lot of chances against us. But, you know, if if you we have to be more ruthless, especially also in the weekend where we had uh, a 2-0 advantage, you know, weren't uh, defending uh, really well for the two goals we get against us. You know, it's, it's both ways. You know, uh, defend better uh, in the chances we give away, uh, score more goals with the chances we, we create. So Gordon, what's your scoreline tonight? What do you think is going to happen? I think it will either be 5 no at Rangers or 1 each, and I don't think it will be a number <laughs> <laughs> And if I have to push you on that... I don't think the first one, Gordon. <laughs> <laughs> I saw the army. I think we'll win. I, I do think we'll bounce back. And we have a McGregor. I don't think anybody would beat Marcelo up more than he would be with, with the mistakes. And I, I think, I, and don't get me wrong, on Sunday I was screaming for him to be dropped. That was just emotion. Was it? But yeah. I, 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 was, I was just angry. We just dropped, mm. <laughs> dropped another two points. But thinking back on it now, I think he wired to himself. And he's the kind of guy that I don't think will crumble under it. It's, it's, I think it'll fire him on. And as Barry says, wouldn't he be surprised if he pulls us some world class saves tonight? Mm-hmm. He made some good points, Barry, didn't he, about the defence? And it's just not the defence it was last season. Yeah, but Paul, I know you really. Yeah, everybody goes on about in front to go, and and see over the the course of the the games that Rangers have played over the last few weeks and have dropped points, they've created. I mean, I go back to the game against United at Tannadice. The amount of chances that Rangers created, I think it was twenty nine attempts they had. Yep, be ruthless in front to go, but also people tend to forget the other side. Of it. When you're so dominant. The defenders need to be bang on it. They need to be concentrated. And the goals that they lost in, in Sunday, everybody's talking about the first goal. Willery with the unbelievable pace and the, the ball that got flashed across the, the goal in between Ghost and, uh, and Alan McGregor. It's the second one as well. Tavernier and Golson. Um, deal with it. And that, that's the thing I th- I'm sure that's frustrating. Um, Gio, uh, Giovanni, because the thing is, I'd be start. I'd start to worry if you weren't creating chances, and Rangers are creating plenty of chances. But on the flip side of that, when you're so dominant, your defenders need to be so switched on. 
What about Woolery, Davy, at the weekend? hundred. Where did that come from? And I see the players at Motherwell. Some of them wanted to take him on and said, "Oh, they're faster than him." But after that, he said, yeah. no, "Nobody, nobody." It was remarkable. Uh, un- unbelievable change of pace uh, because John Lundstrom. I, I, I don't. Yeah. I don't think he's a slouch. I think he he can get about the pitch. But you know, Woolery Woolery takes two, three, four yards at him um, and gets the ball across the face. Terrific ball in. I'm still not sure who to blame. To be honest with you, I mean, I think. I don't know whether Alan McGregor's given Goldson a shout. I don't know whether Goldson's given his goalkeeper a shout. Or, or maybe neither of them have taken ownership of the situation, Barry. I'm not I, sure I, what That's what I'm saying, David. But see, at that stage when that ball can, goes across, you can't expect your teammate to do it. You've got to then do it. You've yeah. got to take the responsibility. And listen, see if that means two of clashing into each other. You're dealing with a problem. And yeah. I think that's the, the thing that happened and and Sunday certainly the first goal that, that nobody took um, responsibility and you could see after that goal went in you could see Alan McGregor raging at himself because mm. I'm thinking to m- myself he knows that he maybe should have took the responsibility but listen it's been and gone they've dropped two points it's all about for me the reaction tonight at McDermott Park 5-0 or 1-1 <laughs> says Gordon uh, Barry 5-0 yeah, you're going five 0 <laughs> Barry, who's the fastest player you played alongside, and the fastest you were up against? And Davey, I'm going to ask you the same. Mm-hmm. So, off the top of my head, the fastest player I played with was probably Peter Lovenkrant. Ah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And against, I'm just thinking Scotland. Didi Agat. Oh, yeah, yep. Um, the pace of the Celtic. I think that that's the two that yep. spring to mind. There, there's obviously more, but that's the two yep. that I can think of. And you had some great days along with Peter Lovengrands and also you came up against, that was the Martin O'Neill team as well, wasn't well, it? Uh, can the, I just say against, something about yeah. Didi Agat? See yeah. the battles, and Dave will remember this, the battles yeah. between Didi Agat and Arthur <laughs> Newman were yeah. unbelievable. Brilliant. I used to enjoy, even on the pitch, I used to enjoy the two <laughs> coming up against each other. Yeah. Two absolute machines. Yeah, Davey? Fastest. Murder Mur- Mur- McLeod was the fastest in the dressing room. Uh, even though Murder was a midfield was player. Murder yeah, was he? Murder went to a, a sprint coach um, ah, yeah. one summer um, and he, the sprint coach taught him new technique but he was very, very quick. Um, right. yeah. I, I think very few Celtic supporters would have got that. You know, Murder would, might have been one of the the last names to, to come up but no, no, he, yeah. he was uh, so quick out the blocks over a few yards. And who was the fastest competitor? Do you remember over the Fastest years? competitor? Yeah. Wow. Um, you came up against just trying to think I would um, probably say the, the boy at Juventus Cabrini again um, who played in the World Cup final for, for Italy when he won it in 82 I played against him twice for Juventus uh-huh. and he, he showed he, the game at Celtic Party showed me the outside first of all to see how quick I was then he showed me the inside to see whether I had a left foot and then for the left, the rest of the game, he showed me the outside because he knew he was quick enough to stop the cross. <laughs> pace, Barry. It takes you a long way, doesn't it, if you've oh, got a bit of pace I would in the have game. loved to have yeah. pace. <laughs> <laughs> How's the training going? Because you're going to be back it's playing going well. soon. Yep. Yep. Going well. I'm going through a, a, a stage now where I'm, I'm feeling a bit tired, but I get told that that would happen. So I've still got, I think, what is it? I've still got just over three weeks uh, to go to the game. So... I should be, I'm saying I should be, that's whether I'm am, I, I am, but I should be in tip-top condition. Sure you will be. Right, we're looking forward to the game. Was it George McNeil? Was that the sprinter? 
I'm just trying to think, David. He maybe, was a sprinter, yeah. George, I, I think, coach, played yeah. for Hibs at one time, but he, yeah. he, he, he won the Powder Hall. Hall. Was he not? That's he right, he was involved. the fastest man in the world. He won the Powder Hall sprint yeah. many yeah, years ago. Was he not involved in uh, Livingston? He was, yeah, absolutely yeah. right. Yep. And Morton, I'm now Googling, you can tell, but no. I, I, I should have went and George. seen him when I was yep. playing. <laughs> Never too late, Barry, as you make the comeback. David Proven, Barry Ferguson, Paul Cooney on the Go Radio Football Show. I'm on location tonight, but we're getting ready for the team news coming in from around the country for the games. Well, last night, this time, Mark was asking uh, John Hartson, Stephen Cragen, if they are still going with who they thought would win the title. Davey, start of the season, everyone said Rangers. What would you say now with 10 games to go? What's your prediction? Are you allowed to change your mind? <laughs> yeah, it's your final season, so I suppose. Listen, who I, can I, stop I, you? I, I took Rangers. I thought Rangers w- would have uh, won it in a, in a canter this season. Mm. Given the state of Celtic last summer, given the lateness with which Ange Postecoglou arrived in Glasgow, the shambles that he inherited, I gave him no chance. And it's all the more remarkable that he's turned around. Um, and I... Listen, um, I think I got the goal difference wrong the other day. I think it's nine. Nine of an advantage Celtic have. They're three points ahead. So even though Celtic have lost something in the last couple of weeks, my money at the moment would would be in Celtic now. You think Celtic? Barry, you obviously went for Rangers. I say obviously because just everyone did anyway and you're a a Rangers legend. But what do you feel with 10 games to go? Who's going to win? I'm not going to change my mind. I'm going to obviously. I'm going to stick with Rangers. Yep, there's 10 games to go and I think now they know what's needed. Uh, as I said, they need to win every game, Paul. Um, do I think they're good enough to win any every game? Sorry, time will tell. Um, but now there's a bit of pressure on them and they need to start producing. And I'm going to stick with Rangers. Going to take a quick break. The Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre. Team News is coming next. The Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre. Save on your new taxi with exclusive discounts across Skoda, Toyota, Ford, Seat and more. Let's go! Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre. Paul Cooney on location. Barry Ferguson, Davy Proven in the studio. We'll bring you team news soon. Some of the news today, Scotland's head of referees believes that the introduction of VAR in domestic football is essential to drive up the standards. And breaking news in the last few moments, I've been saying today that the Chelsea owner Roman Abramovich uh, is about to sell the club. That has been on the go for a couple of days, but it looks as though with the the war and the intervention in Ukraine that the Russian oligarch has announced in the last minute that he is selling the club. More on that later on Go Radio News. And uh, thoughts with everyone, of course, in, uh, in Ukraine and, and the Russians, who, soldiers who don't want to be there as well, many of them. So um, scary times for everyone. And football is a diversion right across the world, but we know that it pales into insignificance. And, you know, we won't talk about the game with Ukraine uh, due for later this month. We will find out what happens. But um, we won't be doing a live broadcast on that night. It's not the right thing to go out on that evening, even if the game does go ahead. But we would keep you up to date with it. It's a great level of Davy, isn't it? You know, that football, it's, it's important for people. And I think the football world has done well, you know, by taking the Champions League away from St. Petersburg and uh, just a number of the things that have been happening. So it looks as though Abramovich is selling Chelsea. Yeah, and it'd be difficult to, to see where they find someone with pockets as deep as uh, Roman Abramovich Paul because he's thrown a hell of a lot of money at it um, you, I mean obviously he's under the microscope now because of his association with uh, Vladimir Putin but in purely football terms if you can isolate the football he has 
arguably been the best thing that, that's happened to Chelsea Football Club. Yeah, he has just confirmed that he is selling Chelsea. Um, and it's three to four billion. I think, I think it's around four billion, they reckon, is what it's worth. Um, we're going to speak to Jim White in a few moments from Talk Sport. Jim, as we mentioned earlier, uh, so James, I think we're going to get Jim on. He is standing by. I spoke to him there during the break. Uh, not least, Barry, because you're off to, is it tomorrow night you're going to the manager's night? Yep, um, I've got yep. an invitation to go. Um, somebody I know has got a table, so it's Graham Soonis, Dick Advocat and Alex McLeish, three managers that I, I played under and enjoyed my, my, my time um, playing under the three of them, so it'll be a good listen. Um, so I'm looking forward to that one. Um, and i seen, obviously, Jim was busy last night at Amadillo with, with Boyde, Frank and Ronald De Boer um, and Graham Soonis, so... No, looking forward to the night. Um, I just need to watch what I'm doing. But Paul, I'm on a fitness <laughs> I regime just now, yeah. so I'll have one or two shandies. That'll do me. <laughs> Let's look at the games before we speak to Jim. Um, in fact, we'll go on the lines. First of all, Terry, a Celtic fan, is on the line. Um, we'll speak to Jim in a moment too. Terry, good evening. Good evening, Paul. Good evening, guys. How are you doing? Hi, Terry. Well, well, doing, welcome Terry? to the programme. So, what's in your mind tonight? Huge game. Celtic St. Huge Marin. game again. Huge game again, 10 games to go, and I just think, uh, I don't know if we've already maybe covered it, but I just think, uh, obviously the performance levels need to be up, but Celtic, goal difference could be massive this year, I mean obviously, mm-hmm. I'm old enough to remember, Barry was probably part of the team when Rangers won the league in 2003, and uh, won it with a goal, so I just think we need to rack up a few goals tonight, and I'd like to hear the Hawaii 5-0 music in the ground, so hopefully we can get a few. <laughs> Barry, not so keen in that music, probably, but uh, yeah, that that season that we'll never forget that went to the last day and it went to one goal in it. That's the thing, Barry, and I know all the chat about VAR. We'd love it to come away from talking about VAR and talking about some great performances by both teams now in the run-in. Yeah, but I would, I would rather be in Celtic's position right now, Paul, mm-hmm. three points yep. in front, and as Terry's just mentioned, nine goals. Yep. That's, that's like a point. Um, mm. So I, I remember back um, in 2003 when it came down to that goal, and it's so important goal difference. Sure. And this will be a game tonight. I think I'm sure Terry will agree and Davy will agree. This is one that Celtic will be looking at and thinking, right, we can get a, a few goals um, on the board again. Um, St. Mun, new manager, bad result of the weekend. Celtic, I, I fully expect Celtic to go in win by three or four goals a night so yep I totally agree with Terry goal difference is absolute massive certainly in a a title running so three or four for Celtic tonight Davey what do you think? well they don't have Kyogo Um, they might not have Giacomakis so in terms of goal difference it might be a bit more difficult the goals might have to come from somewhere else but I think it's a really good chance no disrespect to St Murn but no, they're struggling at the moment, and this this is a a good chance, I think, for Celtic to to really enhance their goal difference. Yeah, Terry, what's your prediction? <laughs> at the end of the day, points points are more important. So I'll be happy mm. if we win one 0 <laughs> But as I say, this is an opportunity tonight where we need to try and be looking at three or four goals at least. Are you off to the game? I'm off to the game just now. Yeah, for the kids. Yep. Great, Terry. Enjoy it. Jim White's on the other line. Jim, good evening. Thanks for taking the call. Paul Cooney, good evening to you. How are you? Good evening, Jim. Yes, I'm recovering in the recovery position. Barry said, get Jim on, get someone else on rather than me here uh, in the house. Uh, um, Jim, do you think Terry's going to be right tonight? We're getting predictions at the moment. Celtic St Mirren? 
yes, I think so, Paul. I think Celtic will win that comfortably. Um, from, from what I gather, uh, St. Moon go into it somewhat weakened, so I think Celtic yeah. will win comfortably. Probably won't concede. Uh, and I take Rangers to, to win in Perth, so nothing much will change at the top of the shop tonight, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have thought. And what about Rangers a couple of weeks ago? Um, it was phenomenal. Both performances, wasn't it, against the Bundesliga Giants? And, uh, you know, I heard you on Talk Sport as well. You were so pleased for Scottish football as well. Oh, yeah. I mean, that, that was a, t- a terrific, uh, terrific performance from Rangers, Paul, to progress and to see off Borussia Dortmund, who didn't have Haaland in either leg. But, I mean, mm. that's, that's by the by. Um, and last night, you know, in town, uh, I was in town with Graham yeah. Soonis last night and the De Boer brothers, and they were talking about it and, and uh, what it meant to the club to progress in the Europa League. But, you know, the, the, everybody in the Armadillo last night, 2,800 of them, uh, were in no doubt the priority is to win the title and retain the title. Yep, you're on with Barry uh, and with Davey. I've got the Celtic team. It's just come in. Celtic are Hart, Juranovic, Carter, Vickers, Starfelt and Taylor. McGregor, the captain, of course, and O'Reilly and Hatati, Abada, Jota and Maeda. And on the bench, Bain, Beaton, Ayeti, McCarthy, Rogic, Idiguchi, Forrest, Ralston and Karamoko Dembele. So he's not playing Rogic uh, alongside O'Reilly this time. Um, we'll give you other team news in a moment or two. We're just waiting for the Rangers team to come in. And Jim, you're in town. Barry, you're going tomorrow night to the managers yep, with Jim. Uh, oh, is Jim hosting? Oh, it makes it even better. I am indeed, Barry. I'm looking forward to seeing you, my friend. I was hosting last night. Yep, um, I seen you. You were in top form and you were the best dressed on the stage. You've got to say that. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the, what, what was a surprise was uh, Ronald De Boer with a full, full head of hair because if I remember rightly, <laughs> when, when he left Scotland, Barry, he, he was receding. It was quite problematic for him. And last night, the hair was back. So um, that certainly was a bit of breaking news. Um, yeah. the, he was looking great. So was Frank. Barry, before you resp- reply, here's the Rangers lineup. So McGregor, of course, in goals. Tavernier, Goldson, Balligan, and Bassey. Lundstrom, Kamara, and Aribo. Arfield, Kent, Morellas. On the bench, McLaughlin, uh, Barisic, King, Sands, Lowry, Wright, Roof, and Fashion Sakala. Barry, any surprises? No, listen, the big one is Ryan Jack, still no back. He yeah. was missing, obviously, yeah. um, in Sunday against Motherwell. For me, he's such an important player. But listen, Lundstrom moves back into the centre of the part and Balligan comes in, so it'll be the, the two holders will be Lundstrom and Kamara. So for me, it's still a real strong Rangers team. And look, Paul, as I said, I fully expect Rangers to go up. Well, they need to go up to make Dermot Park and get the three points because they can't drop any more points if they want to retain this title. What's your prediction, Barry? What do you reckon tonight, St Johnson Rangers? Well, they've come in for a wee bit of criticism again in Monday after the game. For me, listen, they go up there, they win by a couple of goals. 2-0 for me, Paul. A couple of goals in it. Davey, what do you feel? Yeah, I don't think Rangers are playing badly. Um, I know they dropped points at Dundee United, but they had loads of chances there. Um, similar scenario at the weekend. Um, you know, first half they should have blown, they should have been out of sight um, and, and blown Motherwell away. And from somewhere, managed to let Motherwell back into the game. But I don't think they're playing particularly badly. They're making chances. And, and I think they'll do enough to win tonight. And Jim, you know there's a bit of controversy about the uh, £3 million game down under in November. It's going to be Rangers there, Celtic, and a couple of the Sydney teams. But some of the fans not happy about it. But that's a fair 
uh, Kitty, given, as you know, three million is what you get if you win the title in Scotland. So it's a lot of money. It's a downtime because of the World Cup in Qatar. Um, and it'd be great in many ways to see them playing down under. Yeah, well, I, I mean, absolutely, Paul. I mean, it's, it's always said that Scottish football and the teams in it uh, financially are the, are, are the poor neighbours of the, the English setup, And that, unfortunately, is, is a fact of life. So any extra revenue that the, the, the Scottish clubs can get has got to be welcome. They've got to grab it. I mean, they have to grab any finance from anywhere so that they can keep improving. That was, that was a remark that Frank De Boer was saying last night uh, on stage at the SEC. Any extra money that either the old firm clubs can get, they've got to take it, grasp it, you know, and boost the coffers. And, and then they can, they can operate in a more efficient way. And Jim, a tour de force here, we're going right across all the different uh, leagues. What about England? Mm. Who is going to win it? I mean, a few weeks ago you'd have said Man City, and they may well still. But what do you feel? Do you know, it's an interesting one. I don't know what Davy thinks of that, because I know Davy still spends a lot of his time in, in England covering mm. games. But, I mean, there is something about Liverpool. I don't really know. I, I mean, City, City are incredible when they click, Paul. They really are. Yeah. And uh, on, on their day, they're virtually unbeatable. But there's something about Liverpool and Klopp. I was at the Carabao Cup final uh, mm-hmm. on Sunday, and they just seemed to find a way. You know, obviously, the penalty shootout in Kepa was the story of the day. But there's something about Liverpool, uh, and they, they've got an absolute gem in this new boy, Luis Diaz. Uh, Manny is looking terrific after the African Cup of Nations. And the Liverpool fans, I was in a train coming back from Wembley into the central London, and they spent half the time singing about Diogo Jota. They, they, they are very optimistic and upbeat about what Klopp is doing. There's something about Liverpool. I don't know if Davy agrees with me. I, th- I think I would agree with you, Jim. Um, I was at Anfield 10, 10, 11 days ago uh, to watch them, mm-hmm. and they, Klopp changed both his fullbacks that day, um, gave Andy Robertson and Trent Alexander-Arnold a rest, but from midfield forward, they were still absolutely irresistible. And I think City shown one or two signs lost to Spurs. I think they got away with one at the weekend at Everton with a handball with Rodrigo. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. think City are yeah. firing in all cylinders and I think Liverpool, of the two, are the coming team. I think they're the team to watch. And yet, Barry, are you staying I, with Man I City? So. Yeah, I've, I've got to I mean, I agree with what Jim says. When they click, they click. They're, they're unbelievable to watch. But yeah. they've not been performing the last couple of weeks in, in Liverpool I think the boy Diaz at Liverpool and um, what a player he looks as well but I think that's another one that will go right down to the wire as well I don't think Man City will run away with it Paul Jim we're getting our money's worth here for this uh, free call <laughs> and you've made the call <laughs> Jim what about Jack Catterall I know he was on Talk Sport today uh, after defeating well sorry well no the decision was that he lost uh, to Josh yeah. Taylor and yeah. the Scots we all wanted Josh Taylor to win but he didn't no, he didn't. I mean, it was a massive injustice. It does boxing no favour whatsoever. And, you, you, you know, it was, a, it was a great night for, for, for Glasgow, for Scottish boxing. Uh, a sellout on the night. I hear the atmosphere was magnificent. But, um, I mean, the, the deeper it went into the fight, Paul, I mean, the audience and many, many of them are well-educated boxing fans. They knew, the crowd knew that uh, Taylor hadn't done it. And the, and the feeling was that, he, you know, even if it went the distance, which, which it did, that Cashel would get you the unanimous decision. And then far from it. So there's all sorts of inquests going on. 
But the damage has been done. And it, it's a shame because it damages the, box, the boxing sport, the boxing industry um, in terms of its credibility. And I think Josh Taylor, honestly, should have come out afterwards and said, yeah, you know, I give it my best shot. But I mean, you know, the, 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 the boxing fraternity feel that Cashel had done enough and the poor boy was deprived of what would have been his finest moment. Mm-hmm. Barry, you were watching it as well and you couldn't believe it. I, I couldn't believe what I was watching and, and after the, the fight had finished, I couldn't believe one of the judges had won 14, 11 to, to Taylor. Yeah. Um, I felt for Catterall, look, I was desperate for Josh Taylor to win because to be honest with you, Paul, I don't think he gets um, highlighted enough no. for what he's actually done in the boxing game. But on mm-hmm. Saturday night, I've got to be honest with you, he got outboxed, totally outboxed, um, and I, I felt for Catterall after it. But listen, he's got it now. He's he's held on to his four belts, and I don't think George Taylor. Look, I love my boxing. I don't think he can fight it that way. He needs to go up weight because to me, he looked drained on Saturday night. Jim, the move up to one four seven, because we we all know he didn't get the recognition, Josh Taylor, that he deserved until the last year, and we're all proud of him, and we'd love to see him win it in in, in style, not the way it was, and that's not his fault at the weekend, you know, it's not his decision, um, but let's no, hope it, we see it, him back. It, it's a great, it's a great shame, Paul, because it came so hot in the heels of Can Brook, which was yeah. sensational, <laughs> uh, and uh, Simon Jordan and I were at that. And, yeah, we saw you, Brooke we was, saw you ringside. Yeah, was brilliant. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Jordan, Jordan uh, talking incessantly in my left ear that night. Um, Jack Grealish sitting to his right, who just uh, a, a few days before that, he'd called a moron. So it was an interesting <laughs> set of circumstances. You know, there, there was a little bit of an atmosphere, no Gallagher sitting behind us. But what a night that was. And then for, for Glasgow to have such a showpiece night, yeah. and then for the, the decision to be so wrong, it was a shame. It reflected badly uh, uh, that night on the sport, I feel. Here, Paul. Uh, yeah, Jim's dropped more names than you. I was thinking. <laughs> I was. I knew you'd say something like that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> They're all there. Well, Barry, as well as yeah. that, mate, I'm about to go out tonight yeah. here in rainy Glasgow. Yeah. I'm going out with one uh, Graham Sooners for a bite to eat. So I, I'm hoping I don't have to threaten my wallet later on because that could be <laughs> that could be the national debt of a, a, a decent country <laughs> when that bill comes around. As soon as selects a wine or two. <laughs> I'm looking forward to tomorrow, but that'll be that'll be a good night tomorrow, Jim. So I'll see you there. Yes, yeah, it will be good. Dick Advocat in town, uh, Barry, for that. And uh, Alex McLeish, and of course, uh, Sunus will be there as well. So looking forward to seeing you, Barry. Good stuff. Fantastic. I'll see you tomorrow. Jim, we really appreciate you coming on, and uh, you're so busy. It's great to hear you. Is Simon with you tonight? I would imagine not. Is he sunning himself? He is. I'm delighted to say he's yep. nowhere near me. Um, <laughs> Longshank has got Factor 30 on and is in his uh, palatial home in Spain. Uh, <laughs> so, no, I am uh, on my own and uh, happy to be so. Jim White, thanks so much for joining us. See you soon, Jim. Thank you, Paul. Cheers, guys. Go Radio. Thank you. Go Radio Football Show. We're back. We've got all the team news coming next. The Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre. Save on your new taxi with exclusive discounts across Skoda, Toyota, Ford, Seat and more. Let's go! go, 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 go. 
Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre. Paul Cooney on location tonight in the studio. It's the old firm legends, Barry Ferguson and Davy Proven. Loads of your calls coming in tonight. Some Rangers fans, Celtic fans as well. And now looking to the team news. Great to hear Jim White there, wasn't it, Davy? You've worked together for a long time. Yeah, yeah. Come back to the days at STV and at Sky. Scott's four extra time, Paul. Still the best what? football <laughs> programme ever broadcast in this country, in my opinion. Yeah, some of the exclusives from Jerry and yourself, and were, uh, it was sensational right at the start of the season. The manager, wasn't it? One of the remember it was Liam Brady was about to resign. And like, what? He's just arrived at Celtic. <laughs> First game of the season. <laughs> <laughs> Great days, Barry. Great days here at Go Radio. You enjoying this, it? Listen, yeah, I remember as a young kid growing up, Scott Sport Extra Time. Loved oh. it. Um, Jim's changed a lot, but since then. Yeah, the, the tash is gone, hasn't yep, it? it? But is. I'll tell you what, he tash. is yep. he's at the top of his game. He says himself, 64 years old, but top of his is game, loves his is? boxing. Yep, yep, I mean, he talks about it as well. Hasn't touched a drink for 10 years. Brilliant. Uh, 10 years in, younger than you, Paul. Brilliant. He's in great form. Thank you for that very much. <laughs> <laughs> Barry Ferguson. Right, <laughs> we're at the business end of my career. I mean, of the season, there's only 10 games to go, as you all know. So, uh, whatever you're watching or listening tonight, uh, let's give you... Where we go first of all, right? Here's the Celtic and uh, St. Mirren lineups. Give you Celtic again. Hart, of course, in goals. Juranovic, Carter, Vickers, Starfelt, and Taylor. McGregor, O'Reilly, Hatate, Abada, Jota, and Maeda up against the St. Mirren team, who start Jack Anik, of course, in goals. Tate, Shaughnessy, the captain. McCarthy, Dunn, Tanzer, Power, Gogic, Kilty, Jones, and Main. Rangers at McDermott Park. They are McGregor, Tavernier, Goldson. Balligan and Bassey. Lundstrom, Kamara and Aribo, Arfield, Kent and Morelos. And uh, St. Johnson, they are lining up Parish and goals. Brown, Gordon, McCart and Sang, Gallagher, Butterfield, Halberg, Crawford, Chifchi and Henry. Let's hear from Ange Postacoglu. We haven't heard from him for some time, but uh, he was running the rule over tonight's opponent, St. Mirren. You know, they've been pretty strong all year, pretty consistent in their approach, hard team to beat. You know, I know we had a great result with them against them at home earlier in the year, but that's probably been the one result that's been like that with them. You know, they've been pretty tight defensively. Uh, Jim had done a really good job with them, and I think that'll continue. Um, Obviously, they've got a new manager, as you said, but he hasn't had a lot of time to sort of work with the team. Last week, you know, they went down to 10 men pretty early, which, you know, probably didn't give them a chance to to change things too much within the game. So we're expecting a tough game. We're expecting, you know, a team that's going to be hard to break down and, you know, it's up to us to find the solutions. Davey, you've got the Celtic team there. What, who are you looking for? What names are you looking? Jota, it was quieter at the weekend. He's a bit special. Or who would you look to for Celtic tonight to turn on a bit of magic and get back on the goals? Well, I, I think you always look for your centre forward, Paul. Uh, Maeda is the man to look to tonight, predominantly, I think, to, to find the net. Um, it's a strong Celtic side I mean I think his big choice was either between Hatate and, and Rogic mm-hmm. and he, he's gone with a Japanese boy who I think has been outstanding uh, always like to see Juranovic in at right back um, Tony Rolson would disagree obviously but I, yeah. I do think when Juranovic is at right back with Greg Taylor on the left it's a stronger back four um, and I think this is a night where it's almost unthinkable that Celtic would drop anything and more than that and again we know this respect to, to St Mern this is a night where Celtic can improve their goal difference, not just win the game, but score a few. Mm-hmm. No Christopher Julian again on the bench, no Julian, Barry, and uh, it's a worry, but we don't have much time left in the programme, but you do worry. He was back, he was training, he was on the bench, but not tonight again. 
Yeah, it's a worry. But Paul, listen, he was out for 14 months. Yeah. It's a hell of a long time. Um, if he was fit, I'm sure. I'm sure. Sorry, he would have uh, played. But obviously, there's there's issues with, with his fitness. And as I said, you can't rely on um, Julian. He's been out far too long. It's a a slow process to make sure he gets back um, fully fit. So, but I'm sure a lot of the Celtic fans. I mean, they were absolute buzzing when he came on against Wraith Rovers in the cup but you could see he looked very very rusty yeah. so he just needs a bit more time and um, on his on his hands because to bout for 14 months it's a long time to bout a football Paul Can I mention Abada to you 20 years old he's been getting the goals and he's keeping James Forrest out of the team Yeah and, I mean when he first came across Paul he was 19 now he scored I think what is it 14 goals is it 14 or 15 goals it's a brilliant return and Davies knows better than anyone from a wide player to score 14 goals now I don't care who their goals are against but that's a brilliant return and he's only 20 and he's he's still got a lot of improving to do but he's been a real real find for, for Celtic this season he certainly has so you've both said already in the programme you're going for Celtic looking at Rangers then at McDermott Park now we know they're like a wounded animal probably St Johnson they've been struggling did a bit better but then early goal at the weekend and then they fell away Barry so looking at the Rangers team Lundstrom I know you've mentioned recently uh, Calvin Bassey as well has been on, on terrific form yep he's Rangers number one left back Paul it's his position to, to lose. I think he's been fantastic. Look, he's covered in at centre-back and he's done well, but I really like him at, at left-back. And it looks to me now that Giovanni prefers Calvin Bassett to, to Borner Barisic. Um, and I'm looking at the Rangers starting 11. And for me, I would probably put Ryan Jack in there instead of Kamara. Or Lundstrom, but I like the I've liked Jack and Lundstrom together. But for me, that's Rangers' strongest team apart from Ryan Jack. Mm-hmm. Davy, you said earlier it is a strong Rangers uh, squad. Yeah. The bench as well. This is crucial for Rangers tonight. To yeah, get but I'm, I, I, I think if Rangers Paul had been playing poorly, there would be more to worry about. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they they slipped up at Tannadice and at home at the weekend in terms of dropping points, but. I think managers tend to worry more when the team is not making chances. Rangers are making chances. Um, so I, I, I don't think there's a real issue with... Uh, I don't think there's any crisis at, uh, at Rangers. They've dropped four points. They've dropped a lot of points recently. But they've got Kent and Morelis uh, back to something like their best. And, and this is a game tonight. As Barry said earlier on, this is a game where you dig in and you get out of town with the points, no matter how you do it. it, it You've got to win ugly, you do it, but you win the game. And your scoreline again, Davey? What do you think? I think Rangers will win by a couple. Couple. Barry, you're the same? Yep, 2 0 Rangers, Paul. 2 0 Rangers. And you both, I think, said roughly the same with Celtic. Would that be fair, Barry? You thought 2 or yeah, 3? Yeah, I, I think Celtic will win by three goals. Three goals to nil tonight for Celtic. Davey? Yeah, I think Celtic can win comfortably. I think if Celtic get an early one, they, they could get three or four tonight. Ready to take in a few more teams. Let's go to the biggest ones. What about Hearts against Aberdeen, Barry? You always want to find out about your nephew, quite rightly, who uh, came close at the weekend, didn't he? Almost scored. Um, that Hearts are Gordon, the captain, of course, Kingsley, Suter, Beningamy, Boyce, Mackay Stephen and Atkinson, Devlin, Mackay, Halkett and Sims. So that's Hearts in third place against Aberdeen, who've, tum- I know it's only a few points, but they've tumbled down again with the way the results went at the weekend. Lewis in goals, Gallagher, Brown is back after COVID, the captain, Ramirez, Bezujan, Ojo, Hayes, 
Ferguson, Bates, Barron and Kennedy. Barry, what are you thinking about this one at Tynecastle? Um, this is a tough one. Look, great result for Hearts. They were in a bit of a, a poor run. Um, good result against St Murn at the weekend. Aberdeen drawing. I, I think this has got a draw written all over the top of it. Paul, if I'm being honest with you, if Aberdeen want to try and get into the top six, they need to go there, but I can't see it um, happening. I'm going to draw in this one each. A one each. Davey, what do you reckon? I, I think Hearts steadied the ship at uh, Paisley at the weekend Paul they had a bit of a wobble before that but they looked more like themselves and the big boy Ellis Sims what a bit of business that's been getting him alone from Everton um, amazing he, he's a one man wrecking ball the big fella um, I think Hearts will do enough to win that tonight and Hearts will be third I think you both reckon then uh, this season because of course Kevin Nisbet out till the end of the season Davey what a blow to Hibs yeah you, you saw it was horrible you, you hate yeah you, you watch the footage and when he goes down he's already signalling as he's falling to, to the bench that he's got a bad a bad injury and horrible to hear that in this of, of all years that he's going to be out for, for the season then he's got his rehab uh, long rehab to do as well it's, it's a shocker and you know you, you wonder um, obviously Jay Adams and Lyndon Dykes Lyndon yeah. Dykes are, are the first choice but yeah you know, Lon Shanklin's for him since he's gone to Belgium has not been great. Tony Watts finding it hard at Dundee United. And you wonder if um, Lyndon Dykes or, or Adams was to get injured, where Steve Clark would turn next. Good point, Barry, isn't it? Where there's a bit of a death when you go away from the big two, Dykes and Adams. Yeah, uh, look, they're, they're our, our, our two main strikers. Uh, and I really like when both of them play together. I think we look a better team when there's, there's two up top. But if one of them do get injured, hopefully not, who do you turn to? Um, that's the issue that Steve Clark's going to have. Do you want the Motherwell line-up? Because there's uh, quite a few thousand people heading out to the match. Motherwell against Ross County. Kelly and goals. O'Donnell, the captain. Solholm, Lamy, Carroll, Goss, O'Hara, Donnelly, Shields, Woolery, and a fan's favourite, Barry Van Veen. And they're up against Ross County, who've been phenomenal, haven't they, in 2022? They are Laidlaw, Randall, Baldwin, Harry Payton, Callaghan, Yakaviti, top scorer, Charles Cook, Ramsey, Tilson, Hungbo and White. Who do you fancy here at Fair Park, Barry? Well, I tell you, Ross County around about October time looked if there were certainties for relegation, but Malky, what, what a job he's done up there. And, and do you know what? They weren't getting the results, but their performances were really good and, he, and he's turned it um, on its head. For me, I don't think they're in any danger of getting relegated, Ross County. I think they're only looking up, Paul. Look, Muddle had a great point at Ibrooks. But I'm going to surprise a few people. I think Ross County will go there and win tonight. Ah, you're going Ross County. Davey, Motherwell need wins, don't they? Yeah, yeah. Bar Barry's stolen my thunder because I'm right. going to Ross County as well. <laughs> Malky Mackay has done an unbelievable job there. I think there's something like two points from their first six games. A lot of people had them down already, but I, I think they'll be looking at top six. They're within striking distance of the top six. I, I think that's, that's a possibility and what a turnaround that would be. I think they'll win tonight. Are we seeing, David, why people in England 10 years ago thought he's one of the best young managers in the game? We know it all went wrong for him. Of course it did uh, with Vincent Tan. But um, he he's an except, looks to be an exceptional manager. Would that be fair at 50? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the job at the SFA was good for him in the sense that it was it allowed him to rehabilitate, if you like, get, get back into the game. Um, the Ross County job, you know, a great signing for Roy McGregor, the, the owner up there. But... 
Malcolm Mackay deserves a bigger platform and I think he'll get one eventually. He has the talent to... This is a guy who managed at the very top level in England and I think he'll be back in the big time before long. Livy against Dundee United. Barry, what do you think? Who's going to win there? Livy continuing on their, on the run of form? Yeah, but what a result up at um, Dens Park at the weekend. Yeah. I think they'll be high in confidence. Obviously, used to playing in their Arsenal turf. Me, I'll go for three points to Livingston. Because Davey, they've got Celtic at the weekend, haven't they? But what about tonight then? Livy against Dundee United? I think Livy to do the Dundee double. Um, yeah. Looked... Um, Look to be bang on for them at Dens Park at the weekend. I think they'll, I think they'll win that game tonight. And Dundee Hibs, Davey. Dundee, of course, are tough. They've changed managers. I mean, I heard you the other night speaking about Mark McGee. Not enough time to talk about it. What a baptism of fire. So, yeah. can they get anything tonight against Hibs? I wouldn't bet on it. I think Mark would probably rather play away from home. I think the Dens Park crowd now turn up to give the team stick, to boo the team at the first chance. Um, and I fear the worst for them um, at home. I'm going to take Hibs to win that. Barry? Yeah, so low in confidence. Hibs, good point against Celtic. I'll go Hibs. Last one from you. Barry, if you were the Rangers boss tonight, what would you say? What would you be saying to the players think, before they go I don't think out? you need a team talk, Paul. Okay. I think they know what's at stake now. And that's, don't drop any points to the next Old Firm game. I, I, I think he'll no need to go in there and speak for five or ten minutes. I think they know what they need to do uh, tonight. And the main thing is, Forget how well you forget about how you play. Come away from McDermott Park with three points. Davy, if you were in the Celtic dressing room, what would you say? Um, I, I think just try and re-establish the forum of of maybe a month ago. Uh, it's surprising that the, the forum that saw them beat Rangers so convincingly has kind of evaporated. Um, they, they were poor at Easter Road. They were flat. They, they've got to find. Don't know whether he'd change the the, the the training a bit this week. Sometimes managers just do something different to try and try and find that spark that certainly Celtic have been lacking recently but this is a good chance to, to get back on the, the rail tonight Davey Barry Jim everyone who called in thanks tonight for joining us tomorrow night we'll be here at 5 Craig Moore and Leanne Crichton Jokal Day is up next The Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre save on your new taxi with exclusive discounts across Skoda Toyota Ford Seat and more Let's go Where do taxi drivers go when they need to buy a taxi? Well, the Taxi Centre have supplied cars to the trade for over 20 years, and they stock a huge range of motors from the world's leading manufacturers. Skoda, Kia, Toyota, Mercedes, Nissan, Ford, Hyundai, you name it. They've got saloons, MPVs, estates, minibuses, prestige cars, the lot, all under one roof, ready for immediate collection or free delivery anywhere on the mainland UK. With taxi trade exclusive discounts, flexible finance options and no hidden fees, they even throw in registration and 12 months road tax. So if you're a taxi driver who needs a new or used taxi, where would you go? TheTaxiCentre.com. Trade only.